let's catch up, man. I think with last artist spotlight I had, I had you skyping into the Microsoft store, and then you were just off the heels of the Jordan Peele thing. So tell me how that. Obviously, you know, congratulations because that film won a lot of awards, and you know, so go ahead, you go ahead, you know, you know, do one of them. You know, <laughs> you know? So yeah, let's, let's start off with that experience because that's kind of where we left off. Though, how was that experience and working on a movie that I guess kind of won all those awards? What was that like being a part of that? It was great. Yeah. Uh, you know, fortunate enough to work with uh, the cinematographer Toby Oliver, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, it was a great experience. We d I did the New York unit, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think as I told you before, working on that film, you know, we didn't really know what exactly that patience was going to be afterwards. We were just really doing the film and pretty much falling in love with the project and mm -hmm. as we can with the with the with the actual filming. And when right. it was over, it was like this major explosion. First, it, it, it won uh, a couple of awards at Sundance. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then, <laughs> so then I'm like, oh, wow, you know, maybe doing something. And then the momentum progressed and, you know, it progressed to the fact that when I was uh, watching TV myself and I'm filming it and doing a selfie, at, you know, as Jordan received the award, you know, even though my name wasn't written on it, but, you know, I'm like, you know, I was able to, you know, touch it, <laughs> so to speak. That's you know? a little bit, yeah, right. So. The stuff I was able to contribute, so it was good, you know. And before we dive into what you've been up to, bro, um, just tell everybody who you are, what you do, your, your title, and, you know, what that kind of thing. Yeah, uh, I'm Cornell Jones, <laughs> uh, cinematographer, uh, independent cinematographer, but also a union camera operator. So, you know, things that you were talking about, you know, able to work on films like Get Out, you know, The First Purge, and, and other TV shows as well, like uh, Daredevil. And uh, actually, recently, uh, was it, I was fortunate enough to uh, do some days on The Last OG TV show. That's on right mm -hmm. now. So, okay. so it's just a wide range uh, of experience. But I also have a, a very long documentary background as well. You know, I've done several documentaries, like on the uh, autobiographical documentary on Joe Frazier, uh, on the birth of hip hop, on hip hop clothing, and others. So, uh, yeah, so, you know, so I just have an experience from TV, documentary, narrative film, even a, a pilot, recent pilot uh, I photographed with uh, Jim Jones and Tahiri. Uh, so that, that was uh, very fun to work on it, too. So, that's, you know, that did, that did uh, I guess, like to say, the independent festival route. So it was very fun, you know. So. Yeah. And I can't remember, man. Did you, are you, you self taught, did you go to school, or what, what, what was the deal? I can't even remember. Oh, no, uh, I have a, uh, I have an undergraduate degree in narrative cinematography, and then I have a master's degree in documentary cinematography from Manchester, England. So I was able to, while I was there, able to travel all over Europe and also work with uh, a variety of directors uh, from Malaysia to China to Thailand to Germany, obviously an uh, English director. So I was able to get, you know, a uh, lot of different sort of sensibilities, you know, while I was there. So, uh, I, you know, then after that, I joined joined the union uh, as a camera loader and worked my way up to now, but union camera. So just uh, just uh, something I've always wanted to do. You know, I've been doing this since high school. You know, I mean, I started yeah. way back in high school. So definitely. Cool, man. 
So like, so it keeps up to date. We, last time we talked, we were on a big screen at Microsoft. So <laughs> you gotta, <laughs> I had you posted up, man. <laughs> we took out those pictures too. <laughs> and thanks for supporting me, man. That was, but I was just trying to get it. I was just trying to get myself, you know, trying to get the move, the momentum going. So I appreciate your help with that. But what have you been doing ever since as far as camera op, as far as DP work? What, what have you been up to? Give us all the nitty gritty. Yeah, definitely. Uh, last year, uh, I was fortunate enough to uh, shoot uh, a Union Tier 2 uh, TV show for Paramount. It was an unscripted TV show. Um, and uh, we did that with uh, six weeks out in Puerto Rico, season one. Fortunately, it didn't get picked up for season two, uh, but it was called Marriage Rescue. It was with the same guy uh, who did Bar Rescue, but he also did a TV series that uh, I was able to uh to photograph called Marriage Rescue. So six mm -hmm. weeks out of the so it was a lot of us, uh, pretty pretty much like a couple's adventures, you know, yeah. we're zip lining, you know, across Puerto Rico, you know, we are ATVs, you know, I'm on boats, you know, so it, it was kind of a, you know, wild adventure for six weeks. It was, uh, you know, in the middle of the jungle, you know what I mean? So it was quite, it was quite an adventure. So that was very fun, very fun to work on, you know. Uh, but also, I have a documentary out that uh, that recently just screened in uh, Jamaica TV, Jamaica Television. Uh, mm -hmm. It's on uh, Champ. It's called uh, it's called it's it, Champs in Jamaica. It's this large. Uh, it's about track and field. Jamaica has this very large culture about tra on track and field. You know, similar to like I, I was trying to akin it to like similar to like American football, American college football, like this high level of fanaticism. Mm -hmm. Shuts down for this particular day. I mean, this is the you know, it's like thirty thousand people there. It's packed. That's the you know uh, for high school track and field, basically where like Usain Bolt come from. So our documentary is about this group of kids coming from very a, a very poor village in Jamaica try to make, make their way up, you know, to to lead in chaps. Unfortunately, they didn't win, but, you know, it was more about the journey of them right. compared to, like, bigger schools who have more money and, you know, it's like, uh, you know, like a Rocky story, so to speak. So so that that just finished screening in Jamaican TV and should be screening in PBS in the upcoming week. So, yeah. Nice. Okay, okay. So tell us a little bit about, man, because you, you've done kind of the full gamut, right? You've done docs, you've done indies. You've done Marvel series. You've done, done <laughs> movies. So, what's <laughs> look? I know, man. You get in when you fit it's in. All, you to, you know, you got to be a little bit here, be a little bit there. Yeah. My friends are artists. So I've done art films as well. So I've done plenty of art films. So yeah. What do you What do you prefer? What do, What's your preference and why? As a As a camera, what's your preference? I, to me, it's, it's all storytelling. You know, I mm -hmm. it, and. It, it depends on the medium I'm speaking with. You know what I mean? Yeah. So to me, it's not really a preference. You know what I mean? And it, to me, it's just the excitement of what type of story I'm going to tell. Because when I'm doing, because I've done plenty of uh, avant-garde art films and I'm working with my, my fine art friends. Yeah. They have explosive ideas that are just, you know, out there. I did, you know, one friend, he was saying, you know, I'm going to take, you know, color, rainbow color tape. And um, and we did this thing called spontaneous sculptures, where he built sculptures in the middle of the streets in New York, and I filmed it on like super thirty-five millimeter, and it was like, you know, we set fire to certain. So 
to me, that's visually interesting. But then mm-hmm. when I saw the documentary, you know, the story, you know, about the people, you know, I mean, I've done a documentary about gentrification and sometimes following people around that. And I could be filming these people knowing that I was at the city council, knowing that this particular area is going to be destroyed. Mm-hmm. But people like, wow, I know your business is about to be destroyed, but I still cannot say that because I have to have this level of objectivity and everything of the sort. So, but then at the time, working on a Marvel film, you know what I mean? So, or Marvel TV show or bigger movie, you know, it's a different sort of pace, you know what I mean? Uh, different sort of thinking, you know what I mean? And, you know, it has an excitement as well. So, what about the resources though? What about the. What about resources? I mean, because obviously, if you work in Marvel and one of the avant-garde ones, I mean, how you compensate for that if you're jumping from, obviously, maybe like a $50,000 indie to a multi-million dollar whatever Marvel series or whatever? How do you move between that? Yeah, you know, it's, it's now you just have more people doing a lot more stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to me, you just move in between it, just managing. To me, because me as a camera operator, especially on those bigger shows, and I've done cinematography on the indie side. So to me, it's always about anticipation, being ready. Uh, yeah. The cinematographer, you know, uh, discussing with hair, makeup, wardrobe, you know, doing stuff that I know the cinematographer don't have time to do. Uh, Got it. I mean, talking to, you know, set dressers, you know, I'm like, is this stuff is in the right place? You know, I'm talking to, you know, the hair and makeup people talking about, well, you know, is, is that the right side? You know, this, you know, I mean, the hair is over here. So it, it's a different philosophy versus when I'm shooting an indie film and I'm the cinematographer, you know, mm-hmm. and I have my, my grip and my gaffer and, you know, man, my PAs and, you know, and it's a different sort of mode because, you know, I'm dealing with producers and now I'm dealing with directors and, you know, a director always come to me and say, what you think? And are we, you know, I mean, all that sort of stuff. So the conversation is different, you know, versus when I'm a cinematographer versus when I'm a camera operator. So it's it's different conversation. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I always try to get to the point of making a a great image. You know what I mean? Uh, So, you know, it just doesn't matter what part of the process I'm in. You know Mm -hmm. we're all trying to get to the best image as possible, definitely. Got it, got it. Um, I'm a, I got another question for you, but for right now, anybody else that's in the feed, because um, we're just catching up. This is Quinnell. We've done, we've had another discussion prior, so if y'all got questions, throw them in there, and I'll go ahead and ask them, okay? But uh, on to what you've been doing. Um, so w- what's your feelings as far as, let's just get back to what my, my niche is, and that's kind of the exposure to people, the, the, the newcomers, right? Um, the ones that are just trying to get their first gig. Um, like, using this experience we got right now where it kind of you know lock down your quarantine what should you be doing to prepare yourself to you know get noticed by Quinnell or, or a showrunner director whatever um what can we be using this time for when everybody's kind of like you know in, inside and not really being productive um as far as productions what's your advice well I shoot every day uh like literally because you know I, I'm not going outside and uh, photographing, you know, street of people and stuff like that. Some people are, but I'm not. So I, I reconstituted my mind and train. I started training my brain differently, and I started shooting uh, tabletop. 
you know. So I'm still working my mind within the realm of photography, cinematography, you know, making my art. So to me, and also, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people, I watch a lot of films. I, I read several books. I read a couple of books uh, mm-hmm. since we were here. Uh, and also, um, I've been watching the new series Masterclass. So I've been, you know, watching lectures. Uh, to me, it just is about continuously trying to uh, work on your game because it's not always about creating the work, which is which is good. But mm-hmm. sometimes, about you know, it's the research behind the work too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. perfect, especially me as an image maker, to research painters. You know what I mean? Uh, That's the same thing that uh, Michael just said. He said just going back and looking at an 18th century portrait or art just adds to your work, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and, and it does, you know. And, and sometimes it may not be, you know, like immediately there, but through, you know, it's just in you, you know what I mean? So if you watch enough images, all of a sudden you start relating, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait a minute, I remember this on this side. And mm-hmm. actually, this, these colors match that you know so it just in the 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 bank of memory and stuff like that so because when you actually on set you just don't have time to think especially on a bigger show you know the the pace is at a quickened pace you know you have to really be on your toes you have to really be you know alert and you know you, know, you don't really have time to think and you know ponder and you know, look at the light. Right, you just like, yeah. You know, you mm-hmm. have to be pulled out, like, uh, because my father is a grandmaster chess player. He's played a lot of speed chess. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. slow chess is different from speed chess. So, <laughs> yeah. Are you getting involved in any? Are you just kind of strict? Uh, what's on the film? Are you getting involved in any of the editing or the post production, coloring, any of that? Oh, right no. now. Yeah, without doubt, coloring. Uh, okay. But you know, on in the uh, low budget documentary sets, uh, some projects, yeah, you know, I've, I've because I've produced and you know, when you're working in the documentary realm, uh, you have many hats. Uh, but then sometimes I work with some documentary directors that don't need my advice. Yeah, you know I mean, we we have uh, a lot of conversation. You know, I've been working with this one director for about fifteen, twenty years now. And mm-hmm. we, we have a dialogue, and, and when we talk about the film, it's for hours. You know, we talk for hours about style, tone, texture, mm-hmm. what we do, what we try not to do. So, you know, when he gets into the edit, you know, we've already had those conversations, and I can see our conversation in the edit. And, mm-hmm. you know, something differently. I may, they may want to ask for my advice or anything like that. But in regards to color correcting, yes, I am. <laughs> yes, I, I prefer to be there. Obviously, I've done commercials where, you know, they take the, you know, I've, I've shot and, you know, it's in the can and I don't even know where it went to. Yeah. Uh, so those particular projects, but, you know, I prefer to be there to really set the color, definitely. Now, when, you, when you're when you on set, are you expected to know, uh, in other words, because you've been on, um, I'm sure, a few different series that use different equipment, how, and this is just something I'm asking as a layman, right? How um, hard is it to go from project to project, let's just say one series is using a red camera, the other one is using an Alexa, whatever, right? Um, is it, do most of the people in your position know how to operate any of those? Is it the same kind of thing, just a different label? Or, is it, or do you have to familiarize yourself 
with each kind of technology that comes out via software, visa, or camera type, or how does that work? Each camera, you have to know. Each camera has its own set of parameters. Mm. Uh, you know, and then in some instances, you may be working on a film camera and a digital camera at the same time. Uh, but And that's when you have to just know your trade, know your craft. You know, I've been on films, especially when I was a camera assistant, where I'll be literally working on the digital camera, doing a bunch of digital buttons over here, and literally turn and rotate and start loading the film camera. Like mm. literally the same yeah. rotation because yeah. we're both digital and film. So to me, and, you know, and plus I, you know, because I lived in Europe, you know, I was around people who speak five languages. <laughs> and, you mm-hmm. know, that's me, but it's similar to that. You know, uh, I don't speak five languages. I barely have one. But, you know, I admire people who speak five languages. And I've seen them just go from French to German to some tribal language to some dialect to, you know, I mean, I'm like, wow, all in one go. So, you know, we have the capacity to do that. But, yes, you do still have to learn, learn. Now, there's principles. You know what I mean? Like a digital camera, you know, you got to put the lens here, you know. But mm-hmm. each of the menus, each one is generally different. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Do you recommend somebody out of school or whatever just starting to work for free for a little bit? But I just, yeah. You know, I know there's a controversy of, uh, you know, internships, you should get paid and, you know, everything of the sort. Uh, sure, you know. Uh, but but also, uh, to me, knowledge is is goes way further than any commerce you gain. Mm-hmm. You know, I still remember internships that I've done in my high school years that I still remember and, you know, the lessons. And so uh, I will always encourage people to uh, to try their best to get in this. It's a crazy business. It's a freelance business. So mm-hmm. sometimes you have to be schlepping the cords and, you know, yeah, grab that bag of dirt. You know what I mean? Ain't no wrong with it. You know what I mean? Because you have to get familiarized with this new culture. It's mm-hmm. a different, different system. So I always, always encourage people for that, definitely. Got it. Got it. How about uh, networking? What do you suggest as far as networking, building relationships to kind of get yourself in the door and on some of these projects? Oh, the film festivals, you know, you uh, for film festivals, like, you know, uh, you know, everyone talks about Sundance. It is like the holy grail of meeting a lot of filmmakers. Tribeca here in New York, you know, so go to those festivals, meet filmmakers, go to those uh, conferences, start here and, you know, start getting into that particular world. You know, I would mm-hmm. suggest if you want to be, you know, director, editor. But cinematography, I would always suggest, you know, go to cinematography forums. You know, there's there's different ones. Obviously, Local 600 uh, for held once for public, but then there's stuff at Abel Sin. There's stuff at Aerie and other places, sometimes Panavision. So there are other places that may be able to uh, offer stuff so you be able But you have to familiarize yourself with, with technology and the people around it. But go to those places. And, you know, you start meeting people and, you know, and obviously I will always suggest people to join the union because, you know, mm-hmm. you come to unions and you go to union events and then you be able to start getting people, knowing people they get to know you and, you know, hopefully there's a, a synergy or a reaction there. So. Got it, got it. I'm change Sorry. My director that I met 
that I've been working with for like 15, 20 years now when I was living in England, I met him at the film festival I went to in England. You know, when I first got there, uh, you know, I was like, well, what you going to do? Go to a festival, you know? So I was there uh, looking around, and I walked up, introduced myself to him. We shook hands. Uh, we was friends, just really drinking buddies for like a year. And then he said, oh, yeah, by the way, I have a project. And boom, that was our first film, and you know, and it spiraled to we're continuously working on, and we already planning our new project now. So it's just been it just it it works. I'm not saying it's easy or if it's going to happen all the time, but you know, you just got to get yourself out there. You know? Got it, got it. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch topics for a second. Um, obviously, you know, with two two black guys, so I got <laughs> um, how do you feel? Because we had like kind of resurgence of a lot of um, African-American talent, you know, as far as shows, as far as directors, as far as uh, all kind of, you know, behind the scenes. Um, how do you see that trend continuing um, in 2020 and, and above? And have you seen that, you know, we're starting to get a lot of uh, uh, shows greenlit or, you know, projects that you've heard? What's, what's your, out, your, your forecast for that, would you say? It's been great. You know, mm -hmm. man, you know, the, you know, it depends, you know, historians maybe we'll figure this out exactly when, but definitely mm -hmm. in the two, 2000s, 2010s, uh, 2010s, uh, it's been a resurgence of black filmmaking like no other. Mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, you know, I could be a nerd of film history and, you know, uh, the last time, the last two big film eras that we had, you know, in the uh, the African American or Black filmmaking experience was black exploitation. <laughs> yeah, but also uh, we had the rise of race films during the Harlem Renaissance in the twenties. Yeah, and we there was an explosion of black filmmaking during the Harlem Renaissance era, and then studios picked that up during the black exploitation era. But this era blows both of those out the water. You think so? Statistically, yeah, mm -hmm. I mean. Uh, that blows black exploitation filmmaking out the water. So yes, we are in a new era. You know, uh, will this trend continue? I think it will. You know, I mean, I, I believe so. You know, the technologies, hell, you and I are talking on Instagram. The technologies, you cannot put this genie back in the box. You know, it's out. You know what I mean? But now it's upon us as creators to continue making, making films. And I'm all for it, without a doubt. Got it, got it. Um, and let, let's talk a little bit about on the indie world, someone who may be coming in, and I'm going to bounce back to the person who wants to kind of follow your path, but um, the, the, the uh, indie products you work to, someone who's financing their own films, can you give advice as to someone who's doing that and maybe what to look for? In other words, say you are on a tight budget, but you still want to get something done, right, in a can. Um, what should you make, definitely like not skimp on or just give us some kind of advice as to what you would do or a game plan going in with, maybe low financing and resources, but you want to get a quality product. You have to find the right partners. Mm -hmm. you know? uh, and this is when you find the right team, because not only find the right team, uh, person who's going to help you all want, but hopefully this person is multi-skilled, you know, who can wear multiple hats. Because currently I've been working on a, a black hair documentary for a number of years, and we're a small team, you know what I mean? But a number of us wear a number of hats, you know, some who's going yeah. to do the fun. And then someone's going to do the editing. I obviously doing shooting, but I produce and you know doing other things of that of that nature. So to me, finding a strong strong partner, creative partner, is is, is quite vital. 
and, and those sort of situations because when you're trying to, it's going to take longer to do any project because you don't have the money, you don't have the resources. People may not believe in you, <laughs> even your father, your mother. Mm -hmm. So it's not, mm -hmm. you have to fight through a lot to, to get your project done. Uh, and if you have a strong creative partner, then you can be able to get through those uh, through those difficulties. So, uh, you know, that's why I would obviously start. Obviously, you need capital. You know, obviously, you through raising funds, through any go-go and everything of the sort. But if you have a strong partner, you guys can game plan that fundraising strategy, and then you all be able to push it out and game plan your next idea. So it's really about having strong partners because – we also did an indie project, you know, uh, the lineup. You know, we had very strong partners, you know, to get that project done. Trust mm -hmm. me, it was, you know, it was tough. And I'm hopefully, I feel like some of the people watching uh, was working on that show. But uh, it, you know, it was tough getting through. You know, you know, we had a lot of hurdles. We had a lot of, you know, obstacles, financial obstacles, uh, and you know, uh, people here late. You know. It was just, you know, a lot of stuff. <laughs> you know, I feel like I have, trust me, I have a story for days on working on my indie projects. But we get yeah. it done. You know what I mean? And to me, it's about getting it done because you're going to go through trials and tribulations. Uh, it's just going to happen. Uh, like, get it done is the, is the point. Get it done. Right. right. That makes sense. That makes sense. Great. Um, I, I, have you heard? Have you heard people have success with Indiegogo and GoFundMe and those kind of platforms? Have you heard a lot of success? I have friends who raised fifty thousand, thirty-two thousand, hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah. Get their friend. Friend of mine, he did a, a successful uh, Indiegogo campaign. He shot down in Georgia. Uh, he did a successful Indiegogo campaign. Shot a beautiful film. He he direct shot it. You know, did a lot of the hats. He had other partners, but. Obviously, did a lot. Film did on great, and you know, I, I salute them. Yeah, no, no, and you know, this, this, you know, but obviously, that's failure. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, what, what, people, hold on before you go. What is the um? And guys, you can put in questions too if you have any. But for the the ones where you know they were successful, what did they put? What did they do first? Did they come up with like a, a pilot or a short or something to kind of get it going first? And other, you understand? Know what I'm saying they, they have the gauge their success better with it. So created like a trailer or some created like uh, you know them telling their story you know because filmmaking is about storytelling and people have to believe in yeah. your story even you as a filmmaker to get it done okay you know? and, and, and it's really about getting across to let, letting the viewers know that like hey I'm serious not only I'm serious I've tried and I've done this before and everything of the such so you know, it's really getting getting your story across to let let the viewers know that you are serious about completing this film. You have mm -hmm. create partners around you because you're not doing this alone. And that's where having partners are important. You know, you're Got not in alone. So I'm here with, you know, X, Y, Z. I have support from this people, these people, and these people. So now yeah. I'm here to get this film ready. Please help support me. Be please come on to help be part of this film, definitely. I love that, man, because that, that, that's that's actually great because, you know, that's, that, that's saying something. Because if you have a strong team, people that have been successful like yourself on other projects, that probably says a lot to the investor or whatever that you would actually get be able to get it done. Without a doubt. Yeah, man, that investor's looking at, like, not only 
that they don't want to make sure that you're the only one. Even right. though you may be smart, you know, intelligent, savvy, and everything, it's it just going to try and figure out who else is around you, you know, Got because it. you're not going to be able to do everything. <laughs> you're just not. You know, man, right. I, know, I, I, I know a lot about filmmaking. There's some areas that I just don't know, you know. Right. I, and so you need other people there to help you alone. You need other partners. And if you have strong partners, you know, then you can be able to, you know, get the job done. And that's why I know a lot of people here, you know, they, they made this film for $10,000 and wow, yeah, you know, they persevered. <laughs> right. You know, I got a, I got a question from the um, comments. Um, if what's the best way to try to get to the camera department if you're starting off and you currently like an overall just a general PA? What's the best way to transfer in the camera? Well, to get into the camera union, uh, you take a test, you pass you in, uh, and then you would join as a loader. Now, what I always suggest for camera PAs who you know, you have an interest in camera, but you don't know the technical side. You know, you don't know how to put lenses on anything of the sort. I always suggest to them work at a camera rental house. You know, that's Airy, you know, Panavision, uh, mm -hmm. PCS, and others. Uh, work there for a year and a half, two, or whenever you feel your skill level is ready uh, to be able to gain, gain some quantifiable knowledge. Now, plus, when you're there especially after the whole COVID thing, when you're there, uh, you're, you're able to meet a lot of camera assistants. Mm -hmm. Those working on the movies, those are the people who are working on uh, commercials, those are the people who are checking out. They're coming there to check out equipment, right. There you go. So now you're meeting them. Not only are you learning, which is great, you're learning this new camera technology, this new thing, but now you're meeting the people. Right. So you could call in the future to ask them that, you know, and hopefully, you know, because I'm in the camera union, uh, uh, then you can be able to prepare yourself to take the union test, which happens every year. So. Got it. Good answer. Good answer. I think we already answered this kind of, but I'm signed to an online network for Roku. We want to start shooting for the next season, but we need funding. It's Indiegogo. The, I guess his answer is Indiegogo is probably the best platform to uh, raise funds as opposed to, I don't know, go Kickstarter or whatever. She's already, they already had us have a series now and they're about to go to another season. It depends. You know, I, I've talked to friends who uh, raise money on Kickstarter or Indiegogo and, you know, they rave about Kickstarter because of the algorithm and they can be able to reach more people. And, you know, mm -hmm. but the problem with Kickstarter is that if you don't raise all your funds, uh, you don't receive any funds. Don't get anything. Yeah. Right. And that, that, that's a risk. You know, because you you put in all this work because I put a campaign together myself and I went through Indiegogo because just like everyone else, you know, if you have the risk of not raising enough funds, you know, you need still need funds to get your project done. So I went through Indiegogo. Uh, we raised uh, about five, six thousand dollars for our project, travel around the country to shoot the documentary. So mm -hmm. it depends on your philosophy and how you want to approach it. You know what I mean? So, if you, and because my understanding, and this is with a friend who raised over $100,000 on Kickstarter, and he raves about Kickstarter because of the algorithm and blah, blah, blah. 
but also he's failed and he raised close to his number and he got nothing. So, wow. you know, there's a play there, you know what I mean? And, and it, it, it depends on you as a person, you know, how you want, you know, how you want to invest that in the time. Got it. Well, let me let me get my one of my last questions before I close it out. Unless anybody else has some questions, go ahead and put it in the comments. Um, but uh, you're, you're you're new. You just got your camera job or your op job or your PA job. Uh, what's the uh, what do you could say about someone new coming on set? What should we look out for as far as etiquette? Um, you know, the political side, that kind of thing. Starting out, you're new on set. You don't know anybody. Don't have a lot of skills. Give me some pointers that somebody can kind of when, once they're in there, how they can stay in there. <laughs> Yeah, it, now that depends on the job because if you're a PA, especially on a bigger job, you're usually with the AD department. You know what I mean? And if you're a PA, you know, you, you're listening to and following instructions from your key PA and your second ADs. So that is the order of structure if you're a PA yourself. Now, if you are a camera PA or loader, you know, which is within the camera department, Usually, uh, you'd be taking your cues from, like, the second AC. Uh, they would usually be trying to guide you in. And obviously, the first AC who was in charge of the camera department, other than the operator and obviously the cinematographer. But you'd be taking your cues from your second AC. And, and, and usually about being quiet, being alert, and uh, being a, it's about anticipation. You know, uh, hopefully seeing a problem before there's a problem. Uh, be attentive, being alert. You know what I mean? Nothing wrong with asking questions. You know, and I always say one thing in the camera department, don't lie. <laughs> don't what? Lie. Uh, do, oh. not lie. do not lie. Because in the camera department, you know, we're dealing with million-dollar equipment. We're dealing with, you know, all of these, you know, film stock and, you know, everything of the sort. Uh, it's better to be honest to admit the mistake immediately than to try to hide it and then it's discovered. <laughs> <laughs> right. That ain't a good look. It will be discovered. Right. Someone right. will figure out that widget is missing. Yeah, you know I man. So and, and and we will backtrack. Yeah, you know I mean. So, <laughs> you know, oh my god. Just don't lie. If you made a right. mistake, hey, hey, because I, I I was on the shooting my indie film. I was on. Uh, I was shooting DPN. And my first, you know, we was having a filter. And, you know, she dropped the filter by accident. You know, it happens. Yeah, you know I mean, I nearly found out to me we get a replacement. But I don't want to be in the middle of a shot. You know, the lights are here. We're in an intimate scene with the actors. And I ask for the filter. And you like, say, oh, by the way. That's kind of Oh, amazing. my God. <laughs> yeah. just, take, just take the L, man. Take the L. Right. Oh man! So are you speaking of that? Are you um in your position now? Most of the series you're working on, are you basically coming on uh, as a contract? Are you hiring anyone underneath of you right now, or, or not really? It, it depends on the show, you know. If I'm you know working as an independent DP, I do the hire, you know. But if I'm working in as a camera operator, I usually I'm coming in as a camera operator, and I hire and sometimes done by the DP uh, themselves, mm -hmm. or sometimes the camera assistant may be crewing. So it, it depends on how that particular film uh, is set up or, you know, how they set. But it depends. 
Yeah, so you know, you know, where, you know, where I'm going with you know where I'm going with this, then, right? <laughs> so, so what? If, so who? What do? You, what, what does Cordell Jones look for then on his hires? But you, what, give me the the personality. <laughs> what, what you got to come with if you want to work under under Cornell? Under me, Cornell. <laughs> is that, uh oh? Is it that bad, man? <laughs> it, it, I, I I do a lot of lectures, and you know, I, you know, a lot of people have a lot of you know adjectives for me. Uh, you know, good friends. But it, to me, it just, you know, it's a respect factor, obviously. Yeah. It's about uh, anticipation, you know, focus, mm -hmm. you know, and ready to go. You know what I mean? To me, I, I could deal with that more so, you know, if a person may not, especially, you know, I work on independence, so if a person can be green, and that's fine, you know. But if, if a person is willing to get in the mud, get, get dirty with me, you know, grab that, ask for help, you know, if you need that, you know, I'll I start showing them more. Like, you know, actually, you know, you need more of that, you know. So it's really, it's really about that. It's really about, you know, being focused, intensive, and be ready to go. Okay. Got you, man. Got you. Well, man, look, I appreciate you coming for the second time. And you know, I'm going to call you a third time, too, right? <laughs> so, uh, oh, Hey, hey, man. No, we love your spirit, man. We love what you do. Um, you, you, you know, you, you do great work. We're all proud of you. You know what I'm saying? We've seen your work. And then, I mean, those those scenes, that don't, I'm always noticing, man. I'm always watching you when I'm, you know. So just please come back. We want to hit, we're doing more in-depth, get into the weeds. I'm, you know, I, I try to give exposure to people. Uh, but, you know, we want to go farther into the camera and the people that actually want to go into more in-depth. So we may do a Zoom with you if that's okay. Um, just yeah, man, and love you. Uh, one last word of advice to somebody that's trying to break in in the industry as a in general. Just give us one little nugget of advice from Cornell. Don't give up. Nice. <laughs> the niche, right? No, that's that's dope. That's dope. All right. <laughs> I got you. Hey guys, look, check it out before we close out. Go ahead. I say enjoy. Thank you. <laughs>